This is Maroon and Bold. My name is Taylor DeSormo, the sports editor at Central Michigan Life. I'm here with Vaughn Lozon and Evan Shashella, a pair of beat writers for the CME baseball team. How are you guys doing today? Good. How are you doing? Uh, not too bad. So, I think, Evan, you were at the one of the games this weekend. You kind of covered the three CME baseball games. So we're going to talk about that in a minute. So that's going to be the, one of the main topics today. We're going to talk about why the baseball team is struggling. They're 5-19 and 19 right now. Just started Mac play, so it's still real early on. But I'll kind of look at some of those reasons behind some of the struggles. Another area we're going to look at today is some CMU basketball slash football, which is kind of where Austin Stewart comes in. He was a basketball player. Uh, he just played his final game a couple weeks ago, and now he's trying out to be in the football team. He was at practice last Tuesday, um, all padded up and catching passes and whatnot. So we'll kind of talk about I'm curious what you, how good a chance you guys think he has of making the team and what kind of impact he can make in one year. Final thing is Milos, we're going to talk about the tallest player on the CMU men's basketball team who is transferring. So we'll get to that in a minute. Start off with CMU baseball, Evan, what are your initial reactions from this weekend? You were at Sunday's game and the end of Saturday's. To walk us through a little bit what happened and what you observed. I'd like to start off by saying uh, their 5-19 and record does not replicate uh, their play. Uh, this team's way better than that. Uh, when they start off the year, they start off 0-8. They're playing really good competition. Mm-hmm. And so for their first American Conference uh, series of the season, they got to play Kent State. Kent State's the favorite on the east side. And uh, they got blown out that first game. It was 17-5. Uh, to mm-hmm. It was just really bad. But then they come out on Saturday. They play like almost a four-hour game. They got suspended to Sunday. <laughs> With they, one out left. Yeah, <laughs> one out left. Top of the night, two outs. They suspended to Sunday due to darkness at noon. Uh, but they played really well. They won that Saturday game slash Sunday game 13-10. to 10. They were just swinging the bats. Mm-hmm. Uh, they looked like a really good baseball team. And then yesterday I was at the game. They kind of came out flat, 5-2. Uh, to two. Uh, They had like five hits the entire game. Uh, Alex Borgland had a single and a double. That was their entire offense. They got their runs on ground outs. They made a few errors. So there was essentially no offensive production whatsoever. And they had some fielding problems, three errors the whole game. Two were in the seventh inning. That's where Kent State kind of took control and had a, a score three runs that inning to kind of put the game out of reach. Uh, but for this team right now, I mean, the offense is a question. Uh, I mean, they have they've only had one good game uh, since the past couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. That that was Saturday, but they keep losing. I mean, they lost going back to Xavier. They lost five nothing to Xavier and eight to five, and then seven to four. Then they play Bowling Green. They get shut out four nothing. Then they go to Michigan State. They lose four to one. I mean, even though they out hit them against Michigan State, yeah, yeah. But you just can't win games when you're scoring zero runs or one run. It's really hard to do that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Steve Jackson, the coach, talks about how the starting pitching has to be consistent. Uh, I actually saw some good things from the pitching staff uh, this past week. And I mean, Nick Deeg's kind of their ace. He had a really good season last year, and he's one in five this year. Wow. Uh, so, kind of got two quick outs again in the first game. Every inning, we get the two quick outs, and then give up a big some hits, and they would just keep getting runs. And I mean, the bullpen wasn't really there to save them either. Uh, but mm. they got a couple of freshmen in there right now. Michael Bertel started on Saturday. Uh, he actually threw a really good outing. It was only a few innings, but... Even if, though they gave up 10 runs? He's pitching tomorrow, too. <laughs> Is he? Yep. Yeah, and then they had Pat Leatherman yesterday, and Pat Leatherman's a freshman, too, but he was in there for five and a third. So, Vaughn, I know you're doing a story um, coming up here about the young players on this baseball team. Yeah. I know you, you put together um, 
I think it was a lineup and a, a pitching lineup a, a week or two ago, and it seemed like there was a lot of freshmen on there. There are a lot of freshmen, uh, just a lot of young players in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're starting shortstop Zach McKinstry. Uh, he is the best average on the team right now, 351, and he's only a sophomore. Daniel Jipping, he's their power hitting sophomore. Uh, he's batting 282. He's got three home runs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason Sullivan, he's a freshman. He's their starting second baseman. Sully. Uh, Sully, yeah, my <laughs> man Sully. And then they got Dazon Cole. He's, he's an up-and-coming guy for that team and they think that he can do a lot for their team too he pitches he plays outfield he, pl- he plays everywhere mm-hmm. uh, everywhere except for catcher and he's a freshman too uh, he he's had his struggles uh he he's made a few errors but other than that he's he's done pretty solid so far and, and then you got all these other guys uh jared watkins and and then the the seniors they they've been struggling a little bit joe Houlihan, uh he's only batting 143 he's made a uh, decent amount of errors as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan Hickey's actually been playing really good. He's he's kind of the one older guy that's been uh, carrying this team. Uh, he he doesn't start very often, but when he comes in, he he uh, he's very clutch with his hits. He's got ten RBIs. Uh, he but he's batting three hundred right now. He's played in nineteen games and he's only started six. So the depth of this team uh, offensively, it. It hasn't shown very much recently mm-hmm. because of how how many <laughs> runs that they give up uh, as a pitching staff, uh, especially this past weekend at Kent State. Uh, they, I think the offense didn't even score more than five runs until their first win uh, against Villanova down in Deland, Florida over spring break. Yeah. Uh, before that, they were on an eight-game losing streak to start the year. They only scored uh, eight runs total against Arkansas, and then they scored four, four, one, one run, and then four, and then nine yeah. Uh, for their first win. So they've been struggling really hard offensively and uh, defensively as well. Uh, they've been giving up errors left and right. Yeah, it's something that Jackson talked about yesterday, I know, Evan, was being more consistent. Right now it seems like they're being consistent, just maybe not consistently the right way. But what would you say to that, Evan? Well, yeah, they have problems everywhere. Uh, they're just they're consistent and uh, not performing up to their standards <laughs> right now. Because, I mean, yeah. they, they lost 20-1 to 1 and like back, back a couple weeks ago. They been just losing a lot of these games yeah. 13 to 10 even on Saturday you, you can look at that half glass half full offense is really good or half, glass half empty they allowed 10 runs well it's a pretty different year from last year I mean last year they were amazing <laughs> they were 35 and 22 the entire season mm-hmm. they had mm-hmm. Pat McKenzie who's now playing the Tigers organization the second baseman yeah mm-hmm. second baseman he was sitting 348 that entire season and mm-hmm. uh he had guys like Nick Deeg was eight and five <laughs> He's not. He's one of the five mm-hmm. now, but he was eight and five last year. Mm-hmm. Had Sean Renzi. He started a few games. He was five and two. Is he? Is he in the bullpen now? Was it Renzi? Yeah, Renzi, yeah, yeah. He's, he's in the closing role okay. right now. Was he's, that because of something that he did, or no? I think what Jackson was getting at was that he was more comfortable with him being in the bullpen because mm-hmm. he had been in the bullpen in the past, and they didn't have that perennial closer. Yeah. And uh, he struggled in his first few starts this season. He started uh, their first game against Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Uh, he 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 didn't do bad. But he just didn't do as well as mm-hmm. what coach had hoped, so he put him down in the bullpen. Okay. And they lost Tim Black too, their closer from last Black, year. Yeah, yep. exactly. Mm-hmm. I don't know if fade to Black. Yep. No Blake Hibbets either. Blake Hibbets with the bat sides hit the basketball. Mm-hmm. Yep. So really got a few guys in the bullpen though. Uh, one guy that stood out really this past weekend was Jordan Grosjean. Uh Grosjean is probably their most reliable reliever right now. I mean, he pitched in the Saturday game, and then he had to come back on Sunday and throw that last batter. Then he came in later in the game when CMU was close, and he put in like two and two-thirds with five strikeouts. He's been really reliable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in terms of the rest of the pitching staff, it's just they got to be more consistent. It's playing what Jackson said. Uh, Nick Deeg, everyone knows that he's capable of 
capable of doing. He's a top uh, southpaw on that rotation. Uh, he's got to do better. I feel like he can do better. It's, they talk about being a young team right now. There's a lot of injuries, uh, apparently. And there's four pitchers out right now and two are out for the season. Uh, Steve Jackson wouldn't clarify who those guys were. Uh, but right now they got some injuries, and he said he's shuffling the deck, essentially, uh, yeah. just trying to find different uh, pieces. He said consistency of play and then consistency of trying to put everything together, the right product in the field. And we talk about, like, Jason Sullivan and offense. Second baseman, freshman, he, he's replacing a uh, professional baseball player right yeah, now. Yeah, Pat McKenzie. Mm -hmm. Right, and then Daniel Robinson's really good. He's played in all 24, all 24 games this season. He's hitting 203 right now, but he can play some good defense out there as well. Uh, but then McKinstry hitting 351. He was really good last year. He's got to be the key on offense. He's a sophomore. Like this is a really young team, and they're not doing well right now. But we're just starting Mac play. Mm -hmm. uh, this team, the Mac is the only season that matters. I mean, last year they lost in the first game. It's like okay, that was what, what happened. Uh, now, not conference. They struggle, but they play good competition. They get these young guys ready. Maybe we're going to start to see something here on the upswing. So I have a question for you guys, just just real quick. CMU is, is a crazy weekend. You talked about the, the one game going into darkness, and they had to bump it till Sunday. They had one game they had to play in Grand Rapids, the first one of the weekend. Also, it was Kent State, who's probably – I think they have the best record of any MAC team right now. They're supposed to win the East. Um, kind of a, a weird start to the conference play. When you see them go one and two, do you give them a pass right now, even despite how rough the non-conference was, or are you a little worried if you're a Chippewa fan? I don't think I'd give them a pass, per se. Um, I think moving to Grand Rapids may have affected them a little bit, just throwing them off their game, not having that extra home game uh, that they that they wanted. And they they always say that they play well at Sunny Tennyson Field. Yeah, and, uh, stadium. Yes, yes, <laughs> Tennyson 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 stadium. stadium. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think they may have thrown off their game a little bit. Um, I wouldn't give them a pass, per se, though. Mm -hmm. um, their pitching absolutely has to be better. And I want to go off what you said earlier about Jordan Grosjean. He has been the most consistent pitcher on this entire staff, uh, even more consistent. He has more in He's a reliever, you said, yeah, right? Yeah, he's, he's a reliever. Okay. He's, he's like their longer reliever. Played 12, 12 appearances this season. Yeah, he, okay. he's, that's the most appearances by any pitcher so far. He has the lowest ERA on the team. He has more innings pitched than some of the younger starters on the team. Uh, he's only given up eight runs, 14 hits, and he has 24 strikeouts. He's, he has the second most amount of strikeouts on the team behind Sean Renzi. Hmm. And Sean Renzi was starting to start the season. Yeah, uh, He's going to be the key to their bullpen. Uh, if some of these younger starters don't transition very well into what Jackson wants to shape them into be, uh, you can throw out a Jordan Grosjean for three, four innings, and you can get quality pitches from him, and you can get quality innings from him. You can strike out players. They got runners uh, in scoring position. He's a reliable guy to get a strikeout in a clutch situation. Okay. What about you, Evan? Do you give him a pass? I give him a pass, but just going back to what you said about Grosjean, he's pitched 23 and two-thirds innings this year. I mean, mm -hmm. Leatherman, Patrick Leatherman's a starter. He's pitched 26 and yeah. two-thirds innings. He's almost pitching as much as a starter. It's almost an inning a game, actually. Yeah, and he's uh, appeared in 12 games. He's the only uh, pitcher on the team that has an ERA below 3.1. Yeah, 3.04. Everybody else just inflated balloons right now. That's yeah, <laughs> inflated balloons. So the next six games, I think, for CMU are non-conference. They got Michigan on uh, when Tuesday. Tomorrow. Yep. Um, Missouri State, three non-conference road games this weekend. And then they come home for Saginaw Valley and Oakland before um, going to NIU that next weekend, April 8th. Is that a good thing for this team to maybe have a little more time to gel out of the young players, like you said, Vaughn, before they really get into the thick of conference play? I don't, I don't know. 
I I think that they need this Mac Play experience right away. Yeah. Uh, they've already had a lot of experience being away from from CMU uh, mm-hmm. Mount Pleasant. They they've been on the road so much this season. They've been to Arkansas, to Arizona, to Florida over spring break, and then mm-hmm. they went to Bowling Green, even though that wasn't an official Mac conference game. Uh, and and then they went to Xavier and they got uh, swept out of Xavier. Mm-hmm. Uh, all all of these games, they should have enough experience already. Even those younger guys, they've been playing for for a long time already. It's been over a month. Uh, they've only had a couple home games so far, but I feel like at this point in their season, uh, the way that they played last year, they should be at this level mm-hmm. where they should be at Kent State right now. Uh, they only went 1-2 and two against Kent State. Uh, I was surprised that they even won one of those games. Yeah. Kent State is the only team in the MAC, I believe, right now, over 500. And really? they're, they're well over 500 Yeah, they have like right 20 now, wins or something, don't they? They've got well over 20 wins right mm-hmm. now. CMU has five. Yeah. So, and that's not the expectations <laughs> that CMU has right now. They no. won the MAC last year, regular season championship. Mm-hmm. They should be at this level at this point in the season where they're consistently winning games mm-hmm. and then consistently winning series too. That's going to mm-hmm. hurt them down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Actually, Kent State sixteen and six. That's my bad. But yeah, they they are the only MAC team besides Ball State who's fourteen and eleven. That's above five hundred overall. You on MacSports.com? Yep. Uh, they don't. They have a guy that regularly. <laughs> Where? They have a guy that threw eleven strikeouts against CMU on Friday. He's one really, oh, really? good pitcher in Eric Flowers. So yeah. okay. CMU's just having problems on offense. So my last thing about baseball to pitch to you guys. Um, to me, it seems very eerily similar. With this, what the CMU baseball team is doing right now to the CMU basketball team. You look at last year for both of these teams, they, they kind of come out of the woodwork to win a regular season championship. All of a sudden, they have these high expectations. Even though they lost the, in the MAC tournament, both of them, they, they came into this year being the favorites in the MAC West and maybe even to win the whole MAC. The basketball team kind of comes out a little bit flat. They end up um, falling short of their, their dreams and falling short of that. Yeah. Of even doing what they did last year. The baseball team seems like they're on the same track right now. They came into the year in Mac West favorites. It's only been one Mac series, so there's still lots of time. They can still bounce back and rebound. But the way they started, just like how the men's basketball team started really slow, is reminds me a lot of that. What do, what do you guys think of that? I think it's a different scenario. I mean, last year, I mean, the baseball team we'd said went 35 and 22. Mm-hmm. Then they lost in their first game with the Matt tournament. And then the men's basketball team was projected to finish fifth last year. Mm-hmm. They shocked everybody. And then they went to the Matt tournament, lost by five in the they, final. In the final against uh, Justin Moss, the Matt player of the year. And they went to the NIT. That's a good season in my book for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, this year they're projected to win. Uh, they kind of just ran out of bench pieces. They couldn't rely on Chris Fowler and Braylon Rayson to play 40 minutes every game, mm. especially when Fowler got hurt. And uh, it was just very disappointing, obviously. But this baseball team, they still have some life. They're younger than the CMU men's basketball team is. Mm. And they're having more, playing more younger players. Uh, they play a totally different season. Uh, well, we haven't seen what they're going to do in the match tournament. I mean, mm-hmm. the men's basketball team lost in the first round to Bowling Green, and that was just a huge upset. Uh, if they can just this baseball team can win one game in the match tournament, that's going to be a good season. So it, they didn't win last year. So it's do or die, kind of like they still have everything on the table, is what you're kind of saying. And it's not do or die, like where the basketball team had a lot of seniors. Yeah, essentially, I mean, Steve Jackson carries them a big pedigree. This baseball team's always in competition mm-hmm. every year before the season. They always hype up that we are a perennial power in this conference. The basketball team's just starting to get there. Uh, so I mean, right now the baseball team. Not looking so good right now, uh, but it might be a totally different story from the Matt tournament because that's what's going to matter, mm-hmm. uh, what happens in Ohio in May. 
What do you think, Vaughn? Do you think they're on that kind of same projection, or do you see a, a different scenario? No, I agree with Heaven. I think it is a little bit different of a scenario. Mm-hmm. Uh, the basketball team, they were relying heavily on all their seniors. Chris Fowler, uh, you had Ray, uh, Rayshon Simmons, mm-hmm. Austin Stewart, and all these guys, they were relying on their seniors. Even Braylon Rayson's a junior. He's a little bit older of a guy. Mm-hmm. Most of base, CMU's baseball team, are these younger guys, like we were talking about earlier with McKinstry and Jipping mm-hmm. and Solly and all these guys, you know, they're freshmen and sophomores. They don't have many juniors or seniors on their team. Uh, I think it is a little bit different just because of that. Um, but CMU baseball is historically the better of the teams uh, compared to basketball. Basketball, they're not very historically mm-hmm. that great. It's just been recent, yeah. Yeah, it's been very recently within the past three years or so. Uh, baseball, Steve Jackson has been around for 14 years with this team, and uh, he, he has the expectations and the bar set very high for this baseball team. And I, I think at this point in the season, I, I, I thought that they would be at least 500. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I didn't think that, that they would be 5-19. and 19. There was no doubt in my mind mm-hmm. that they would at least be 500, and that's not the case right now. Yeah, and I don't know if he's on the hot seat yet, but maybe a few more losses on the road. Well, we'll see. Yeah, I don't think he's on the hot seat. He's done way too much for this university to do that. So yeah. He's kind of got a totally different coaching style than Keno Davis. Keno Davis, mm-hmm. when he loses a game, it's like, all right, the MAC, the the parity is so there's not a lot of you know difference. Every team between, in the MAC's great. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's always a two game difference. Yeah. Uh, this weekend against for uh, against Kent State for coach uh, Steve Jackson, he was just saying we shouldn't be losing these games. Mm-hmm. And then he said that. Uh, we should be better. Some guys got to buckle down and then buckle perform. up their pants. Buckle or up their pants. It's up, read the paper, everybody. <laughs> That's a good quote from him. Yeah, it's a great quote. But he said, "Good stuff." Some of these guys they're struggling right now. They had the capability of performing well in the past, and they got to do that, or else this team is in trouble. Yep. So that's about it for baseball. We don't have a ton of time left. We got about. Um, we're gonna go real quick through this whole Milos story. Um, you want to talk about that real quick, Evan? You you talk. Actually, Bon, you wrote the story, right? Um, I did. Uh, he, it was Vaughn. He, Vaughn. <laughs> I tweeted about. Yeah, you, <laughs> there it you is. tweeted, and you were you were a tweeter. Got the credit for yeah. it. <laughs> How many retweets you have? Four. Four. Wow. Four retweets. That's a new Evan record. Shishella, Thank you, verbal gentlemen. commits. Evan's <laughs> <laughs> <Twitter. laughs> the man Vaughn. for basketball. Yeah, but but yeah, he uh, he's only a redshirt sophomore. Uh, he, How tall he, is he? He's seven, seven feet, feet tall, uh, 245 pounds. Mm-hmm. So he, he's a pretty skinny guy for being seven feet tall. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he played center. He's from Serbia. Uh, he didn't play very many games for CMU. Uh, in the 2014-15 season, he he, uh, he was in 23 games, 97 minutes. And that was two years or, ago. Or, mm-hmm. Yeah. Or these are his career statistics. Right? Okay. So 23 games, 97 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, he averaged 4.2 minutes a game. And he had 32 points total, so it doesn't seem like CMU is losing that much out of him. Uh, I, th- I think that they're okay and they're set on their uh, their mm-hmm. big man position with Luke Meyer and uh, and Duran Scott. Uh, mm-hmm. They got two solid centers right there. Uh, I know uh, Duran Scott's listed as a forward, mm-hmm. uh, but but he will be that five role uh, going yeah. down the stretch when he he comes in for Luke Meyer and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And last year. Really, it was Keno talking about, all right, you got Luke Meyer, you got Duran Scott, and you got Milos Kabarkapa. All three of them are going to be our guys. We're going to rotate them. All of a sudden this year, Milos really isn't in the picture. He only played seven games this year, I think. I think he had, I don't even know if he had double-digit points on the year. Um, I feel like they're not losing a lot besides maybe the intimidation factor of having a seven-foot guy on your team. And it's 
he is the biggest dude on the team, and mm-hmm. he's he's not going to be around. And I don't I don't know if we know where he's transferring yet, but we know we won't be with the no, team. No, he he didn't announce where he was transferring. He just announced that he was planning on transferring, mm-hmm. which he could be a four somewhere. Uh, maybe maybe a Division two school, Division three it. But yeah. um, anytime you're seven feet, you can catch, get rebounds, and and get some dunks and whatnot. But I don't know if team loses a lot. What do you think, Evan? They. I don't think they lose anything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So disrespect to Milos. I know he's a good basketball player. He's capable of playing Division One. He got the mm-hmm. scholarship offer to come here for two seasons. And remember when I was a freshman here, uh, walking through the facilities uh, in August and seeing Milos practice and see the intimidation factor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't. I just think his game doesn't really translate to this Division One level. Mm-hmm. We talk about last year. He played in 23 games because he was playing garbage time. See, he was blowing everybody out. And he was still getting a little bit of the time when they weren't blowing people out. He was mm-hmm. playing in close, some close games. But now with the development of Luke Meyer, Durant Scott, they kind of just overshadowed him. He only played in seven games this year, only had 15 minutes and averaged yeah. less than a point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, it was kind of really just use that intimidation factor, like you yeah. said. And uh, he's going to be gone, and they're going to get another six foot eleven guys, somewhat of his height, coming in innocent and woko. Innocent and woko. New Haven, he could be really good. Who knows? Uh, yeah. So I, I think the key see. word you used there was development. And I think last year he had to, anytime you're seven feet tall and you're a freshman, you have potential to develop. I don't think he developed as, at this, the pace that the coaches were hoping, um, that, that Duran and Luke Meyer are kind of on that projection. Yeah. I think Milos kind of got left behind. And I think it's honestly a good thing for the basketball team. They have an extra scholarship they can give out to somebody, um, freeze up some space for, for an additional person if they want to bring him in. I know they couldn't bring in a whole lot of – there's really only one freshman on scholarship this year, which was uh, Corey Redmond, just because the year before they only lost one senior. So now, obviously, they're losing a lot of seniors, but that's just one other person they can bring into the fold, which I think is a good thing for them. Um, transitioning now, kind of basketball, kind of football. I talked about Austin Stewart. He is a – he came off the bench, was the sixth man for a CMU basketball team past couple years. He was a senior, played his final game a couple weeks ago. Seemed like Austin Stewart's career at CMU was done, um, but now it might not be. He has <coughs> is trying out with the football team, actually, um, and he's trying to be a wide receiver. He'll have one year of eligibility if he can make the team. My question for you guys is, um, do you think his skills on the basketball court will translate to football skills? I know he played high school football, but do you think that those basketball, what he's learned the past couple of years, might translate? And he, he's wanting to play receiver? Yep, that's what he's going for. I think transitioning from basketball to football is tough in general. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be really tough for him, I think, just because of the receivers that CMU has right now. Um, just being able to, to dunk and do all these nice things for the basketball team uh, doesn't mean that he's going to be able to run sprints uh, and he's not going to be able to do a crazy one-handed catch or mm-hmm. even just catch a ball in general. And No one knows what, what his, uh, his game is like. Mm-hmm. Uh, he hasn't played football since high school, like you said, and, mm-hmm. and maybe he's lost it. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe he's just a, a natural uh, athletic talent. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I uh, got to root, root for him at least. Uh, mm-hmm. He's a senior. We won't see him on the basketball court next year, but we would like to see him on the football field. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Evan? I feel like he has a tremendous shot uh, to make this football team because yeah. based on his size, he's, I think he's six feet. Six, six. Six, six. Six, yep. six. Way off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's pretty big for a – I think he's a guard too, right? Yeah, because I look at him compared to like Luke Meyer and Duran Scott. Oh, mm-hmm. smaller. But just based on his size, his athleticism, I think he was the most athletic person on that team. Really? I mean, we saw hmm. a couple of years ago when he was had that game winner 
against uh, Ball State. Mm-hmm. This is athleticism. He was always on the receiving end of an alley-oop. I mean, mm. Deron Scott kind of took it away from him, but he had, <laughs> could get up there. He had some hops. 6'6", 215. Yep. I feel like he has something to prove because this had such a good career as freshman, sophomore, junior basketball season. This year he kind of got left behind. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel like he could have contributed more. He wasn't really inserted of the game. I don't know if Keno Davis wanted to play those five starters most of the game, and maybe Deron Scott for Luke Meyer was kind of a six-man rotation. Mm-hmm. He probably, Austin Stewart probably played like what, 10 minutes, 10 to 15 minutes, or even less than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, average single digits in the scoring department. So I feel like he wants to do something that no one in CMU has, has done, that's play basketball and football. I mean, leave his mark, and I feel like he has the work ethic to do that. Yeah. Uh, but he, he just has the athleticism, athleticism. he's got the speed, uh, he can get up and down the court, he can probably get up and down the field as well. Yeah, and we, we talk about it on cm-life.com, about some of the guys who have tried to, tried to do a couple sports. I know there's a few that have done football and track, and that, that really translates because you're running, if, especially if you're a running back or some or mm-hmm. cornerback. Um, Blake Hibbets did one of the more challenging ones for a year or two and did baseball and basketball. Now he's just going to do basketball. But he was able to play all of last year on both teams, and that's kind of crazy. I don't know if I can think of a tougher transition, though, maybe between basketball and football. Would you say What would you say is maybe two harder sports maybe to transition from one to another and that, that CMU has? Probably can't think of one. I think football and basketball are probably the hardest, mm-hmm. uh, basically because in fall – I mean, you're out there for three months. You're hitting people. You're it's very tough contact physically, yeah. physically, yeah. yeah. And then you go to basketball. I mean, it's just as physical. I mean, you're not mm-hmm. tackling people to the ground, but you're gonna put a body in somebody. Of course, it's back and forth, running up and down. Especially if you're gonna be a receiver like Austin Stewart, mm-hmm. running up and down the field. You're running up and down the court, and it's just constant, fast. You don't get a break basically because. Mm. When football season's over, basketball season starts, and they kind of intertwine. Yeah, I mean, baseball, you don't really have to run. I know Blake Kibbs was a pitcher. He kind of just stood on the mound and pitched. Uh, it wasn't <laughs> yeah. really necessarily, and he kind of stood when you play basketball as a sharpshooter from the outside. <laughs> stood in the corner, yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of his game. Uh, so, yeah, football and basketball would probably be most difficult. And you talk about no break, and it, literally that's true. The day after they finished, uh, after CMU lost their final game of basketball, Stewart met with Bonamigo, talked about the possibility of it, Bonamigo's staff decided to let him do it, and within a week he was on the practice squad. Um, I think that's kind of crazy. It's like, all right, no break for you. Like, usually players use that time to kind of relax, heal up from any injuries, but he's he's right to another sport. What do you think his ceiling and his basement are for, for Austin Stewart on the football team? Ceiling is Ce- what he's going to Best end. chance uh, scenario for him. I feel like he could be a reserve player he's not gonna be a starter I don't think with that my receiving core with uh, Jesse Kroll and Mark Chapman and Anthony Rice too uh, yeah obviously he can make a, pl- a case on special teams if he's athletic enough and he shows that he can hit but right now all we know is that he's coming into camp as a wide receiver and he's got to show that he has the tools that can catch a football from Cooper Rush um mm. or in his basement is just not making the team and graduating and that's cut, man. Not yeah really mm-hmm not really a challenge. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't be too surprising either yeah, way. So. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. This It'll be, like you said, it'll be kind of cool to see him if he does make the team and is able to be on the football field. I know the past couple of weeks he's actually been working with Dan Lefevre, and Lefevre's been lining up and throwing him some passes. I saw after uh, CMU Pro Day he was throwing passes to to Stewart, and I was wondering, like, what is he doing? Like, are they just goofing around out there? But it's like, no, it turns out they were actually, he was running routes. He was throwing them 
tough passes to try and get him ready for what he's going to face out there in the football field. So it'll be really interesting to see um, what he can do out there. Um, spring football is not too far away. We've got practices already starting. I think the spring game is April 16th at 1 p.m., so we'll be doing some coverage leading up to that as well. Um, I think this is about all the time we have today. Um, make sure you tune in to the next podcast, which is uh, on sportsmanlike conduct. So that'll be about national sports. I don't know, what are you guys talking about today? Do you know yet? Uh, we got some uh, Pistons and Red Wings. Okay. And then we're going to talk Final Four. Oh, yeah, Final Four this weekend. That'll be good, too. So that's about it here from the CM Life Podcast Studios. I hope you enjoyed the show. My name is Taylor DeSormo. I'm here with Evan Shishella and Vaughn Lozon. Thank you for listening. <laughs>